0: Thank you for tuning in to the Transformed Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast challenges us to be different from this world in which we live and to transform ourselves into the best that we can be for God. Here is your host, Caleb Rutherford.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast again. I'm grateful for your presence. I'm thankful that you take time out of your day to listen to this podcast, whether it be uh, through whatever you're doing. I just appreciate you taking time, hitting play, hitting that download button, and, and just listening to the content that we produce. I hope you're doing that for all of our podcasts here at Scattered Abroad, and hopefully you're taking advantage Uh, of this network. We have a lot of great things um, that that we're pushing out towards you. We've got a lot of great things coming in in next year as well. So hopefully you're looking forward to all of those things as well. And as always, if you can, please go to whatever platform it is that you use, give us a rating or review. Remember, you can visit our website, scatteredabroad.org, find all the information you need uh, to know about us. And also, if you can, head on down to the bottom of that website, and there you can subscribe to our email list and there you'll be informed about all the things that go on within our network. We are just about to wrap up our series uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, talking about this idea of transformed into a soldier for God. We've got a couple more episodes. Um, that are to come and to help us continue in this study as he's been doing greatly thus far is our special guest by the Jeff Archie but the Jeff again I'm certainly grateful uh, that you're with me today on this podcast
0: well my pleasure Caleb we've had a good journey but we're not quite finished right. with the journey yet but we've journeyed along the way with the armor of God upon us. That's right. Again, it is not moral qualities but a matter of divine strength that God grants unto us in our battle every day. Absolutely. So, with that being said, my friend, let's continue on the battle. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're
1: continuing in again in Ephesians chapter 6, going back again into verse 16 as we talk about the sword of the spirit. Like if you look at verse 16, Paul writing there says the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And so, Jeff, let's dive into this verse here and kind of figure out what Paul's talking about here when he talks
0: about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, the word of God tells us now we mount an offense. What we have studied of the armor of God has been to keep us armed for battle and to be in our defense to help us to battle. Now we've got the only offensive weapon, the word of God, the right. sword, the sword that we will yield, uh, that we'll bring forth. Uh, I think about in the later years how um, I I believe it's at maybe Disney World, of uh, the Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, display, how the children will come on with the sabers and will learn to battle right. and how right. the saber would be pulled. Well, a joy of reading and studying is that you come across something you had never seen before, mm. and until recently – I had not thought a lot about it. I'm a bit ashamed of myself that I hadn't (laughs) done further research. But when we see the word of God, the word here that is word, or shall we say the word word, is not logos, as in the complete revelation Mm -hmm, of God. Here, this is the Greek word. I believe it's pronounced rhema. It's spelled R-H-E-M-A. Now, when you look at that word, Vine says that the significance of it is that to take the sword of the Spirit, that the reference here is not talking about the whole Bible, but the individual Scripture. In other words, you reach for a sword of your arsenal. I thought that was rather interesting. Now, I read that in a book that, I, you know, picked up at a you know great deal a closeout store. It was called or it is called Overcomer, and it's written by David Jeremiah, mm-hmm. who is not a member of. of the Lord's Church. But um, and so I, I kind of give clause here because we all read material and we have to cull through it. Mm-hmm. And I I just thought the book was intriguing, and within it, he will take each part of the armor, how we can be overcomers. And as I read that, and I saw, I thought that that doesn't sound right to me. So I sat down and researched it, and, and he was right that this Greek word for word refers to an individual scripture. And so when we talked about how the, uh, the the, uh, let's see, let me back up, Caleb, I'm going to have to call upon you. And folks, this is the thing of a podcast. We're sitting here studying together. And so there are times we have our moments. Back to <laughs> Ephesians 6, uh, which one of the wiles, the darts? I'll oh, be, here we oh, go. Yeah, go. Shield of faith. Yes. When we talked about the fiery darts of the wicked and talked about how uh, the arrows would be shot off mm-hmm. and to defend, well, when you think about it, this use of this word would fall in in the fact that we would reach for the sword of the spirit or the right arsenal at the time. Sure. For example, if I'm struggling with addiction, I'm not necessarily going to be looking at salvation passages. Sure. If I need to know what to do to be saved, I don't need to be studying the book of revelation. I need to go for the Ramah, the arrow that i need of the sword to help me in my battle in the spiritual battle i've got to reach for the right sword mr jeremiah did a parallel that actually proved the point here for example in matthew 4 when the devil tempted jesus each time jesus said it is written mm-hmm. but he used a scripture dealing with the matter at hand right for example when he knew Jesus was hungry. If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus addressed it. He pulled, if you will, the Ramah, sure. the sword, and dealt with that. Then he uh, told him, took him to the pinnacle of the temple, cast yourself down, etc. For it is written, of course, Satan took it out of context, right. totally misunderstood right. it, and misrepresented it, rather. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So see, he once again, he pulled from the arsenal. And then, fall down and worship me. I'll give you all this, all the world and the kingdoms, if you fall down and worship me. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note here, hello, he owned him anyway. Right, And Jesus told him, Get away, Satan, or get thee hence. It is written, you shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So Jesus reaches for that sword. So it's interesting to see how the scripture in each instance is used to address it. Battles are different. And so as the soldier with the word of God, we reach for the rhema or the sword of what we need in the battle. And you think about it, Caleb, it goes back. If you have your loins or you're wrapped up with truth and righteousness and so on and salvation, there are things that we understand. Right. And of course, we have to keep in mind about Hebrews four twelve, that the word of God is quick mm-hmm. and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So the spiritual sword, and that's not a plug for Brother Hires, but it's a great publication, mm-hmm. the spiritual sword. Uh, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, a discerner in thoughts and intents of the heart. And so we are able to reach in our arsenal with the sword, and we attack what we need to attack. I thought that study was overwhelming. And at first I thought, ah, oh, that can't be right. right. And then I got to researching. And to see that, well, now that brings forth that when we're in the battle, we face a variety of things. And it does, and, and that stands true because we're battling against the Wiles of the devil, right. and he uses a number of options. Right, so we have to be ready with the sword of the spirit to pull from our arsenal to attack those things that come at us.
1: No, that's exactly right. It's, been, it's interesting to me a couple of things you mentioned. It's the only offensive, you know, weapon that is that is prescribed here in Ephesians chapter six, and I think that's interesting because, again, and I've mentioned this before, you think about a lot of Christians who try to do good and try to go out and teach others the gospel. Um, but they do so so offensively and so almost hostily that people are turned off and turned away. There's this idea of of meekness and humility that comes with this. I think, and when when teaching other people about the gospel, you have to be able to do it in such a loving and meek and humble way, um, and not just constantly saying. here's all the things you're doing wrong and you're going to hell just like that. You know, there's there's a way to do it and a way to talk about it. And it has to be done in that way. And and I think that goes into what you mentioned about how there are specific passages for specific things. Mm -hmm. And you have to know those things. And the only way to know those things is through your own study of the Word of God. You can't go into something like this and not know what you're talking about and not know the Bible. You have to be able to back up everything you say with Scripture, but then you have to use it appropriately and within its context. And so many people like to do that, like to take passages and just say, here, here's what it is, here's what it says, and not worry about where it's located or any of the surrounding things about that. So I think that's that's a great point you brought up. And it's interesting, too, you mentioned Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 and you know we we talk about the word of god and how really and truly it's not necessarily scary when you look at it but it certainly is somewhat i think intimidating simply because you we understand the power that it holds the the power of the bible the power of god's word we are literally within our hands able to hold the words of the one who created us and that's something that ought to kind of I don't know, take our breath away and just make us feel completely humbled that mm-hmm. God has given us literally his words mm-hmm. of how to live and breathe in this life. So with that being said, how do we take a, the book, the Bible, and how do we handle it with the respect and the fear and the reverence um, that it deserves uh, in this
0: life? Well, I think about the words of Jesus in Matthew 13 and verse 52, when he said, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder which brings forth out of his treasure things new and old. So we look upon the Word of God that we can always learn from it and to have the great respect within it. This is something that has brought me this far. I know God will provide the power through His Word to help me further, just like studying the word for the word word in Ephesians 6 right. that I had not realized. And, uh, and 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 I just didn't take a man's word for it. I wanted to research further myself and came across, and it was affirmed. And so when we look at that, we're able to look at the Bible to bring forth out of our treasure things new and things old for us to grow therein. Also, within the Bible, let's learn from others what happens when you fail to grasp the word of the Lord with reverence and properly. What happened to Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10, 1 and 2? They offered up a strange mm-hmm. fire, and the fire consumed them. What happened to Uzzah mm-hmm. when through innocence he put his hand upon the ark in the All book right. of 1 Samuel? How about 2 Samuel of Saul, who, uh, you know, when he destroyed the Amalekites and yet kept back part of, of those things. He spared King Gag, he spared some of the best. Now let me pause here. I may have my first Samuel and Second Samuels crossed <laughs> up, but when you look in the scripture you find what happens when we fail to respect and to reverence the word of God. And the Word of God is therefore our good. And so these are things that we can learn from others. And, uh, and and see what happens when we fail to give the proper respect. Right, you mentioned you mentioned Uzzah,
1: and that is, and we can talk about this for just a moment. Uzzah is, some, is really such an interesting story to me. Uh-huh. Um, and as a child, you know, you hear that story growing up, and you think, how unfair! How 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 could God have have done this to someone who was trying to save the Ark of the Covenant from falling? Um, and I, and even, and you even think about David's reaction just a few verses later and how David was angry with God. He was irate. God, why did you allow this to happen? But we've got to go back and kind of understand what led up to that point, because you and I know that, that they, they know, they knew exactly what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to um, transport the ark in a very specific way. Um, and that was through the staves and the the high priest was supposed to carry it, Uh but, if you think about it, in order for them to get it onto the cart, what do they have to do? Well, they couldn't have picked it up by their hands because they they would have died. There's no recording of that, so they had to have picked it up in the right way to put it on the cart to uh-huh. transport it in right. the wrong way. Right, and so it shows to me they knew exactly what they were doing, and and then and, and then it, 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 kind of things just tumbled down from there, um, and eventually a man was killed because of it. And so it shows us the the we have to look at God's commands with the reverence and fear that it deserves Um, whether, and you can look back in the old Testament at God's direct commands and direct revelation to men, or you can even look at it today in the Christian age where we see the revelation of God through his word and how, there are consequences when we don't handle it the way that it ought to be handled. When we flippantly use it and flippantly throw it around and make it mean whatever we want it to mean, there's consequences to our actions, especially when it comes to handling the word of God. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, and so this is a great question and uh, that we handle it with the respect and the fear of the reverence and learn what happens or what happened when others did not.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, the word of God is, Obviously a weapon. We use it in that sense because we use it to teach others. We use it to combat sin. We use it to combat all of the evil in this life. Um, but it's also, in some sense, very much so a way of defense as well. And I think about passages like Second Peter chapter three and verse fifteen. Uh, it tells us it's our responsibility um, to. Or I may have that. Is that First Peter chapter three? No, that's right. Is it, I do have that's it right. Okay, Second Peter three verse fifteen. It tells us that our responsibility is to defend. And we talked about defending our faith a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. But we can't do that until we know what the word of God says we can't understand we can't understand what we ought to do until we study the bible and we know what God's commands are and I think that right there shows us the importance of study wouldn't you say
0: I would say so Caleb and that's a good conclusion and now you've got me curious the second Peter three fifteen. are you looking for let me see yeah, and, it and is first Peter three first Peter 3 15, Peter 3 15. Yep. okay um uh, to give an answer to right. every man that asks right. of you, and 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 Caleb, we want people to hear this because, and let's add this here, folks, we are striving to transform ourselves into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. We are going to misquote a scripture or have it somewhere where <laughs> right. we thought we are human. We're searching together with you on this, but um, but it is in defense in the fact that um, according to 1 Peter 3.15, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. It's an interesting parallel of those before the Ark of the Covenant was loaded on the wagon, that sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Set apart God in your hearts. You are set apart for his service. And, uh, and be ready to give an answer to every man. They will ask you of the reason, of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so as the defense, let's keep these in mind. Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. Let us search. Let us study, 2 Timothy 2.15. Give diligence or study to show yourself approved unto God. And then also in Acts 17, verses 10 and 11, we search and then we study but also we search more because they receive the word with the readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. So we're able to use the word of God as a weapon of defense to stand because of what we search and what we've looked at and to seek through, to see if those things are right.
1: Right now, you're exactly right. We must And I've said this before, we must surround ourselves with the Word of God. We must be fully encompassed with it. And it ought to be really a part of our daily routine to set time aside, to read the Bible, to study His Word, because it is truly the most important thing To us, at least it ought to be. And if it's not, then we need to rework our priorities and to understand that the Bible is our guide, our manual for this life. If you're going to go take a test, you're going to study the textbook that tells you how to pass that test. And the same thing is with life and Christianity. If we're going to pass the tests of life, if we're going to get uh, all the way through this life as a faithful Christian, then we must know how to do that.
0: And the only way to know how is through study of the Bible. Absolutely, and remember now we are in the battle, and so we need to wrap ourselves with truth, and to understand the word of God, and to be able to use that resource that we need to draw the sword, the rema. That's right. To attack the thing that is before us. That's right. Certainly. Well, I, Jeff, this study has been very beneficial to
1: me. I've I've learned a lot, especially about the point that you brought up there earlier in our podcast about uh, is it rema. Um, the best I can tell pronunciation,
0: (laughs) Ray Ma, Ray
1: Ma, Ray Ma, certainly. So it's very beneficial and it really kind of is a, maybe a shot in the gut to us to know, make sure we understand what we're bringing to the table and and understand this passages for this. Don't use it for something that it's not you being used for. It. And Absolutely. I, off, far too often, I think we isogeet instead of exegete. Uh-huh. We need to make sure that we know the difference
0: and that Ooh. we do just what it is that God would have us to do. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> isogeet instead of exegete. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is wisdom from Caleb Rutherford, Transformed.
1: Oh, me. Well, I certainly appreciate everyone for joining us, Jeff. Again, I'm grateful uh, that you're here with us. I'm looking forward. Next week is our last week in this series. I hope that you have been enjoying it. And Jeff, I'm just grateful for this opportunity. Looking forward to next week already.
0: Well, thanks, brother. We've got one more left in us. Let's go for
1: it. That's right. Well, again, everyone, appreciate everyone for listening, for sticking with us. And as
0: always, don't conform, but transform.